What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Or I guess I should welcome myself back because I'm the one that's been gone. Um, obviously, there has been a lot going on uh, on the Kiss My Angelus side. I am proud to say that the Tattoos for Planned Parenthood fundraiser raised like $27,000, which is really, really incredible. Um, it was three short weeks of planning um, and for us to kind of have that kind of result was really exciting. So definitely check out the Tattoos for Planned Parenthood hashtag on Instagram or Twitter or anywhere else. And you'll see hundreds of photos of people who came out in solidarity and got tattooed for Planned Parenthood. And it was 100% proceeds. So we were able to um, really get that number up. So thank you to the artists, um, first and foremost, who you know volunteered 100% of their time and their art. And the volunteers and the sponsors and everybody who participated. So if you go on kissmyangelus.com, you can kind of see a list of participants and see a bunch of pictures, um, thanks to our volunteer photographers as well. Um, it was a great event. It was a great way to um, carry the momentum of the Women's March, which is how the idea came about. Um, I didn't want to... I, I mean, I couldn't just come home and not do something with that energy because um, I was really buzzing after the Women's March. So I'm glad that it turned into a much bigger deal than me just getting a girl power tattoo. So um, I'm excited about that. For me, the fundraiser really helped me activate parts of myself that I think I shy away from, like cold calling or you know asking people for help or for anything where they could say no, and that's such a like fearful thing. So uh, you know, it was really exciting to you know with each yes, with each tattoo shop that part, you know decided to participate, or each photographer that hit me up saying, "Hey, you know, I'd love to take photos for you guys." Um, it just helped me carry that momentum. And, you know, I had Lubna Hindi, who was a very, you know, active supporter and co-organizer throughout the whole thing. And we really, you know, tag teamed this like three-week rush to not only sign up a bunch of participating shops, but, you know, bringing in our expertise or our skills um, in ways that they wouldn't have, you know, tattooers wouldn't have had time to do, or you know, it would it just like lightened the load for them. So whether it was meeting with Planned Parenthood Los Angeles, which you know their representatives were so helpful and so supportive, or you know, asking restaurants around the tattoo shops if they would do some sort of co-sponsorship or deal for people who came out to get tattooed. So it was a really you know, good blend of talent and um, energy towards a good cause. So the turnout was incredible. Um, it was really overwhelming to see people lining up like three hours early. It was really crazy. Um, and I'm so glad we were able to um, really turn out. Like I, you know, when we first decided to really put this together, the goal was like $5,000, you know, and a couple shops if we could get that. And so we got eight shops um, with many more who've signed up, not even signed up, but many more who have um, hosted their own fundraisers or plan to host them across the country. Um, so of course the total raised is probably far beyond that, um, but that's the number that we are able to verify and that we were able to uh, generate with this fundraiser. Um, so it was cool. I, I think it was a, 
a fun way to raise money in a way that people don't normally raise money and also a testament to how important these causes are to um, a lot of people who obviously were willing to tattoo something permanent on their bodies in solidarity and in support. Um, and we hope to do it again in the summer. Uh, we were only able to accommodate about 50% of the people who showed up. So even though a couple of the shops have extended portions of the fundraiser through the month of March, Boretooth, for example, um, we do think that it's worth you know, hosting it again and hopefully on a larger scale. So look out for that. Um, and where you can look out for it is on the newly, finally, thank you, sweet baby Jesus, refreshed Kiss My Angelus website. Um, what can I say about my website? Um, I launched it in 2010 and, um, you know, it was when I graduated from Cal Poly Pomona and I was really excited about designing web pages. Um, just in the aesthetic, not in the coding. But I really wanted to design my own website. And, you know, I got a lot of, you should just do it on WordPress. And I just didn't want that. I wanted to do something different. I wanted it to function in a different way. And of course, uh, fast forward five or six years. And um, it was absolutely a mistake. Obviously, you know, sites like WordPress and Squarespace, and it's just so user friendly. Um, and then for anything more complex, you can always hire out. But I think I kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit. I also kind of have that personality where I like to be able to do everything that's part of my project. I, I don't like delegating out things because, um, you know, that way I just feel more in control and, and it eases my anxiety. So even with the podcast, you know, my husband's a, a music producer and a tech junkie. So, he really helped me get all the equipment and everything. But now that I have it, it's like I know how to set it up and, you know, maybe not a lot of stuff. But he made me a logic template. The thing is that I, I like to know as much as I possibly can because, you know, if he's not home or if he's working late, but I really want to record a podcast like I'm doing right now, um, I would hate to, you know, have to call him and say, hey, set this up for me. Or I just, I would hate that. I want to be in control of my destiny. So, uh, Switching over the website to WordPress seven years after its inception um, has been just a huge weight lifted. Um, I do have some HTML experience, so it's really fun to just get in there and mess around with stuff. And um, so it's great. Uh, the only thing is, old links will probably, you know, not direct the same way because it would have been this whole ordeal if I had to do a real like move. Um, so I just kind of purged, which was also a really great feeling. Like I was able to select what content is going to be carried on um, in this new phase of what you know I'm doing with Kiss My Angelus or what I'm doing in my own life. So um, that's really exciting. It's like cleaning out a closet. And if uh, you're anything like me, then you love cleaning out your closet, throwing that shit away, uh, avoiding the excess, as they say. Um, what else have I been doing? So many things going on. Well, uh, with my commitment to try to learn more and pay attention and practice what I preach and pre preach less than I practice, um, I was watching the Oscars. <laughs> Not a good uh, introduction to this topic, but anyway, it was the first time in a long time that I was watching something on live TV because I only have streaming services. So again, it was the first time in a long time that I watched live commercials. 
Um, and I saw a commercial for uh, Eric Garcetti's re-election campaign for mayor of Los Angeles. And I was just like, he's running for a re-election. I guess there must be like a an election coming up, which I had no idea. I don't know. I need to put some sort of Google alert. I have no idea. So apparently... Um, you know, uh, the primaries for mayor of Los Angeles are on March 7th, which is uh, Tuesday. And the general election, I believe, is May 16th. But if somebody, you know, gets the majority of votes in the primary, then they don't do a general election. Lots of things that I'm learning about the system. So I was kind of like, you know, I think everyone expects Eric Garcetti to get reelected. Um, I had just finished, you know, watching recently uh, OJ Made in America and knew that his dad had been mayor of Los Angeles. So, of course, it interests me to know how hard it is to become mayor of Los Angeles um, because if a man and his son can run for multiple terms, then I don't know, how hard is it to run? So I look up all the information about the election um, and I get... Uh, a PDF on you know the city's website of the official list of candidates, and um, you know I got in my little mode of like I want to be an educated voter, and I started like Google stalking these people on the official list, not because I think they're going to win, but because I want to know who's running for mayor. I mean, and this is an official list, so there's obviously some expense involved in running for mayor. I mean, uh, anyway, so I start googling, and let me tell you. This list did not disappoint. Um, it felt like every single person I Googled was batshit insane. Um, I don't know how this is not a parody list. It's a complete joke, probably aside from Eric Garcetti and one other person. Um, but you know, if you also, which is available, um, you look at the campaign budgets, Eric Garcetti is like outspending people, you know, like a hundred to it's crazy. His numbers are in the millions and everyone else is because again, they don't seem like they're employed regularly, um, are as much lower than that. But, uh, I do recommend looking into who these people are if only to see, um, you know, what's going on, like the people that are actually running and, Possibly the reason why, you know, Eric Garcetti continues to um, be reelected or whatever. Um, and I have nothing against Eric Garcetti. I don't know enough about him. You know, it was harder to Google stock him because all of his stuff is so official and obviously says nothing wrong. But all of these other people, you know, their websites are like my old website. They're just kind of like hacked together websites and weird stuff. Um, and then, uh, excitingly, or depressingly, I don't know, depending on uh, where you stand, uh, the lightning in a bottle mayor, quote unquote, or some guy who represents lightning in a bottle in some way, uh, which is a music festival, for those of you who don't know, is also running for mayor, right? And uh, I, I urge you to um, look him up. And you know, maybe he gets elected, who knows, that'd be hilarious. But I, I just look him up and just kind of get a glimpse of the circus that is or the kind of joke that is, you know, uh, community or whatever, uh, state and uh, city elections. Um, it, it's weird and it feels like if Eric Garcetti was horrible, like who would come take his place or who's even trying? And I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm maybe just look, thinking about it too much and we should just let Eric Garcetti, you know, run for as long as he can, which I think is three terms. But uh, it's weird. It's fucking weird. You know, there is this kind of smoke and mirrors feeling 
when you really look into who elected officials are. They're just regular people, uh, mostly who can't find anybody to build them a good website or you know copy edit some of their content or give them better ideas about how to run a country or a city. And um, it, I don't know how I felt about it. It felt gross, kind of. And on the official list of candidates, I noticed that a lot of people were running unopposed. It's just things like that that really, really highlight how little the rest of us are involved. Um, and I don't know, it was weird. So I do want to go vote in the primary. I'm not really sure again, because it's, you know, it, when I found out it was like, oh shit, this is happening next week. Um, I'm assuming that my registration, voter registration is still valid, but I don't know. I'm just going to show up and see. And who knows? Um, maybe Pinky Harmon will be LA mayor. Please look her up. She has a music video. This is not a joke. It's fucking a circus. But it's somewhere to start. Um, it's overwhelming to see a lot of things on TV. And, you know, I, I watched the White Helmets yesterday, and it's just really overwhelming to see, you know, how much is going on in the world. And because of the internet and the global access to one another, we see so much more of it. But I think the fact should remain that you, exist outside of the internet and you exist exist outside of these platforms and there's a community around you that probably needs you a lot. Um, and you'll feel better about helping that community or at least doing your part in a small way to make things better. Um, I was hoping, I, I don't know if I'm really suited, but you know, when I was looking into the LA mayoral candidates, I was really hoping that if if other people looked into these candidates, I think, you know, I would hope that it would inspire them to run or to get involved in leadership and um, in community service because the bar isn't high. I don't know how else to put it. It's really not, it it feels intimidating, but it's not at all. They're regular people. Um, You know, for those of us that are, you know, in our twenties and thirties, they're, they're just, it's, there's so much space to get involved. Um, People were really, excited about the tattoo fundraiser idea, but that's only because it was a millennial idea. It was an idea that wasn't just, hey, donate here or, you know what I mean? It it got people involved and engaged in on a different level. And those ideas are coming from millennial minds and younger because we are so used to the internet and things that go viral and things that catch our shortened attention span. So we, you know, if we tune into that, we can replicate it or we can um, gain inspiration from it. So um, I don't think I would ever run for office. Who knows though? Uh, I know my city has a neighborhood council that's kind of interesting to me. But I would hope that if you looked into the mayoral candidates, you could see a place for you to really go in um, and, and, and try to do better than the people that are handling it right now and to really put weight into the people that we elect to represent us. And otherwise, if... It's at least a way to um, educate yourself. And these people have all of their platforms on the internet and on their web pages. So it's easy to figure out who stands for what, what their important platforms are. Some of them are insane, <laughs> but you know, to each their own. But to get an idea of who these people are um, and not just vote down the ballot, um, you know, in, in a way that's that's just kind of haphazard and and has a horrible ripple effect. 
So yeah, you know, Google stalking our representatives. That's my new shit. Um, it, it's, it's replacing my need for reality TV and the Kardashians. And uh, so far, so far, it's really uh, measured up to that level of kind of chaotic psychosis. Um, you know, as far as what's next for me and for the podcast, um, for my work in the world, I don't know, my feminist evolution. I am, of course, requesting the day off on May, uh, March 8th, which is the day without a woman. It's the uh, another rollout of resistance actions from the women who organized the Women's March. And uh, if you're unable to take the day off, you know, you can just not spend money that day or donate to a cause, whatever makes you feel like you're part of the movement. Um, and if you're able to take the day off, you know, maybe put that free time into something productive or something that serves your community. Um, Stacy Fontaine and I, who she's been on the podcast multiple times, uh, we live like a block away from each other. So we really want to um, put together a little community homeless feeding um, and just kind of go out there. Uh, there's there's a, a lot, a large homeless community in the valley. So we thought it'd be a good way to just um, redirect that energy and not just sit at home and have the day off because women everywhere say so. Um, so that's kind of like a fun thing to do. I, I'm all for anything that harnesses the energy of the Women's March. It was electrifying and um, you know I, I don't ever want to go back to just just resting on my laurels and forgetting how serious the the situation is and how important it is for action and for leadership. I also do have some exciting guests that I hope to book very soon on the podcast. So stay tuned for that coming down the pipeline. Um, again, you know, I know the podcast kind of updates randomly, but it's important for me to put out content that has value um, and always quantity quality quality Ashwitz quality over quantity if you got that that was the office reference if not then uh, you don't need to listen to this anymore just kidding but um in all honesty uh it it's painful for me as well when there isn't anything to talk about or you know I'm just kind of trying to cram content through a publishing cycle it's just painful and it's pointless and you're already inundated with a whole bunch of shit to watch and listen to and and uh, absorb. So I'd rather it be important than just frivolous. So I'm excited about the guests that I have um, scheduled and lined up. And um, I'm looking forward to having really insightful conversations with those individuals. Um, one thing I want to say is, you know, despite all of this really exciting new wave of feminist ideas and um, appreciation and you know, if you watch the Super Bowl, it was like every commercial, you know, took this like feminist leaning um, point of view. And it's all really exciting and really great. But I, I want to remind you that it's it's these times that it's even more important to um, pay attention to what advertisers are selling you, um, even if it looks like empowerment or body positivity or love or whatever. Um, they're selling you something. And it's important to remember that and keep that in the forefront of your mind because it's easy for brands to co-opt feminism when it's popular. Um, and 
it wasn't that long ago that Beyonce was on that stage with the big words feminist behind her. And it was like a viral moment. It was um, a controversial moment. So that wasn't that long ago. And with every push forward, there is a backlash historically. Um, And it's important that we learn from history and we don't Um, we aren't taken aback by it because it will happen and it's already happening. I mean, you know, I love advertising. I think it's um, a a method of creativity and and of course we are in a capitalistic society and, you know, there are products to buy and products to sell. Um, But if your brand or your company isn't providing equal pay to employees with, you know, similar job titles or whatever, or offering health insurance or offering parental leave or are really progressing in the ways that matter, then your commercials don't mean anything. Um, I was watching an episode of Shark Tank and there was this brand that was like, I don't know, some weird hippie clothing. And it was like their whole brand mantra was that they save elephants and I don't know where, but it was like 10% of the proceeds went to you know, an elephant um, sanctuary, which I'm not saying is bad. I'm saying if your whole brand rests on this um, philanthropic angle and if you're selling people your products because they believe, you know, a portion of the proceeds or the proceeds are going to it, then you owe that cause more than 10%. Because if they're guiding your brand, then you owe them, you know, more than that. And I I would try to hold all advertisers to that standard, especially now. I mean, it's so popular to try to make people feel like you're on their side or make women feel like you're accepting of them. And, um, you know, one of the big, again, like I I might just be a little bit cynical, but um, the love campaign, you know, that was, I think during the Super Bowl or the Oscars, I don't know, where it was like a bunch of celebrities and it was very vague and it was just like, love each other, love, love, love. They just threw the word love out a million times with famous people that you like. And I was just like, well, which company is this? And it was Revlon, which is a makeup company, you know? And it's just, if you think about it in the way that like a makeup company's goal is to get you to buy makeup, which inherently means that you need to use the product that alters who you are, yet their campaign is telling you to love each other and love yourself. I don't know. It just, I'm not saying that it's 100% disingenuous or um, malicious. I'm just saying that it's transparent and it shouldn't make you change your mind or believe the hype. Um, It's important to protect feminist values and, you know, um, rights for women and things like that more than it is important for you to advertise that you give a shit about women. And that goes from big companies to ourselves, you know, to what, um, I think I brought up in a previous episode where it's like, you have to practice more than you preach because if you can't do it, then you can't expect other people to do it. Um, and um, now is a, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time. I, I just didn't expect to see so many uh, people just really like all about women's rights. And because it, it really, it was like, it wasn't so long ago that it was like annoying to people or they didn't like, you know, I definitely heard like, don't put feminist in the tagline of your website. Or it was just like a word to stay away from or an ideology to really like stray away from. And now it's like this really super hip hop culture trend. 
Um, and we have to kind of see beyond that because none of that stuff ever really matters. Um, and of course, when you're popular and when you're able to draw millions of people into the streets like the Women's March did, then everybody wants to hop on board. You know, it's before that that it's important to, you know, to for companies to pay attention and to have a moral compass. Um, and it's it's really exciting to see when that stuff really comes about, like the Delete Uber campaign. Uh, it shows the power of people who are paying attention and who aren't going to let it slide. And, you know, I tweeted this, but I think we are in an opportune time for somebody to come in and swoop in and replace Uber. Um, you know, we get so caught up in the moment, like Uber is going to be the only ride-sharing, you know, company um, because they've dominated the market so heavily, but it's like, you know, big companies, they 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 can fall as well. And they've had a hell of a week and, you know, obviously seem to have a really toxic work environment. Um and it's really exciting when people are like, fuck this brand. But what's important is for another more, um, you know, a, a company that can learn from Uber's mistakes and can really understand the market and know that people give a shit about each other, especially in a time like this, and can really come in and, and dominate that space and really like edge their way in. So uh, if you were considering starting a better ride sharing app than Uber, then I think now's the time to really like do that and and really look into why Uber is crumbling and whatever. They might recover and they might do better, but right now they're kind of on their knees a little bit. And you know, it was like it was like when Blockbuster started offering streaming. It was like nobody wants that anymore. It's too late. So, you know, Netflix came in. So now it's because companies are are bad to their employees or they're caught, you know, yelling at somebody in the back of a fucking car. It's you know, it's easier for it to happen. Um, and that gives the opportunity for better companies to come take their place. And you're only better if you give a shit about people. Like at, at the foundation, you have to care about people um, more than you care about making money. And even if that wasn't true before, it's certainly true now and it will be true um, and it will become a, a more um, obvious truth as the years pass and as people, as they are already, get more involved in politics and, you know, uh, in reading the news and understanding what's happening in other countries and how what we do and the people and the companies we support, how that affects other people in other countries or in other cities or whatever. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because, um, again, never thought I'd see feminism be so popular uh, in my lifetime, of course. And uh, I'm excited that it is, but I'm also very weary. Um, and I, I want to see more companies follow through with action for their employees first and foremost, and then for their communities, you know, and then you have something to make a commercial about. So before that, it, none of it really matters. And um, it's all just, um, it's it's all just hollow branding. Um, and what else? One other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was um, I'm in a uh, little, not really little, but a community of women in the music industry called Nap Girls. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of them. And um, I see a lot of um, posts about how to respond to, you know, like people that you are kind of friends with who like post some really ignorant shit on Facebook or whatever. 
um, or men or women you like come in contact with who just have these really outdated ideas about women or gay people or whatever. Um, and like how to deal with them or how to go about confronting them or should you confront them and should you waste your time and should you not? Um, and I think before this election, I was really like on this path of education and yes, like engage with these people, but civilly and this and that. And um, and to a certain extent, I still feel that way, especially if you're passionate about um, educating and, um, you know, have patience. But I think right now, I think what my advice to those women asking those questions, or if you're asking yourself that question, like, what do I do about this person who said X? Or what do you think about this celebrity who said X? And I think it's um, it's time to let those people just find their own way because I think we're at a point, oh my God, I hope you can't hear my dogs, but they're going crazy out there. I think we're at a point where we need to take the next step. And the next step is going to happen with or without the naysayers. So, you know, putting too much energy into try, into trying to change someone's mind um, is, I don't know, a waste of energy, I feel like, now. Um, I may have felt differently before, but now I really feel like I don't, you know, I don't really have time um, to teach you about feminism. Um, I'm ha- like, you know, and I don't want to sound like a bitch, but like, I am happy to like answer questions and whatever. And not to say that I like know all the answers, but if you want to learn about feminism, then you should pick up a book by a credible feminist author and you should pick up a history book and learn about the women's liberation movement. And you should learn about the civil rights movement and you should learn about all of these things Um, and stop expecting people on Twitter to explain to you why women's um, rights are human rights in 140 characters. Um, So that's kind of like where I'm at right now. I feel like if you're there, then you're there and let's move forward. Let's put, you know, let's make moves. And obviously like, you know, people are doing it and it's happening and it's working. And we were able to raise... $27,000 without having to try to convince some guy why catcalling is wrong. You know what I mean? Like we don't need those people. Um, And obviously that also removes this like stress of listening to people who just have these backwards ideas or ideas you disagree with. And it makes it easier to just be like, that's you and that's fine, but I have work to do. So of course, following it up with the action makes it even more... um, Weighted. So, not just to say, I don't have time for you and I don't want to explain this to you, but to make your everyday actions an explanation enough so that you don't have to waste your time talking to people who just don't get it. Um, And, you know, like, I, I also like urge people who, you know, they, they say this a lot about, and of course it's like different, but more or less the same. Um, you know, you can ask Muslim people about Islam and you might hear some varying ideas and some, you know, more or less everybody has their own um, way to explain something or you can pick up the Quran and you can read it. You can pick up a translation and you can read it and you can make your own decision. Um, And I think the same thing applies to feminism and, you know, racism. Hopefully, you know, you don't land on the other side of that, but any of those ideologies that you 
want to know more about whether you off the bat agree with them or not. Um, my like, you know, my favorite documentaries to watch are about religion. And I'm not, I don't consider myself very religious at all. And, and mostly it's religions that I didn't grow up um, practicing. And it's not because I want to like make fun of people or whatever. And it's not because I'm trying to agree with them, but because like I'm trying to understand from their perspective what would make them, you know, subscribe to a religion like this or go to the extremes that some of them go through. Um, and because it's up to me to educate myself about the things that I don't understand. It's not up to somebody who I am screaming at and saying, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's it's not up to other people. It's up to you to understand it if you want to understand it. And um, it also removes the chance of getting wrong information or getting information that if we're using the example of Islam, for example, like you get kind of different information from Lebanese Muslims and Moroccan Muslims than from Egyptian Muslims or Saudi Muslims and different sects of Islam. Like it's different. So all you have to do is like kind of go backwards and follow the source, which um, I find myself having to do all the time when I read an article online. It's like, you just have to click through like three different clicks to actually get to where the actual source was. Um, But those facts are the facts and everybody else has their way of telling the story. Um, so, you know, if, if you do kind of come across these people who are like challenging you to explain to them why they should give a shit, um, about women or about Muslims or immigrants or whatever, especially when they're, you know, talking to somebody who is a part of that group, um, you could recommend a book to read. You can recommend an author to follow something, you know, um, rather than waste your time because now, time is more valuable than ever in terms of like making moves and getting things done and organizing and fundraising and, you know, doing all of these, these things that um, make it so that these backwards policies are not normalized and are challenged every step of the way. And on that note, I think I've recommended this book before, but if you are looking for a book to kind of concisely and clearly explain the feminist movement past and present and hopefully future. Um, Feminism is for Everybody by Bell Hooks is a fantastic place to start. It's a really easy read. It's super digestible. Um, And I would start there and stop asking girls who are you know, midway through this journey of self-discovery and um, through figuring out who they are in the world and where they fit in um, to explain to you why you should care about them or why it should matter to you that um, women's bodies are objectified or that Roe versus Wade might be overturned or that Planned Parenthood might be defunded. Um, Because you'll realize that of course it's not just women's issues and and these things are not just affecting women, of course. So start there, let's, you know, let's take the next step forward. Let's not repeat history. Let's not get caught up in what a celebrity says about some bullshit or a Trump dress that's worn to the Oscars. Like who cares? You know what I mean? Like celebrities are actors and actresses who get paid to entertain us on screen by pretending to be other people. And they do a great job of that. But in terms of guiding us in our moral compass, in our political views, in our understanding of like world events and things that are happening, um, we have to look to better sources than that. And we have to stop wasting so much energy um, debating that and all of that stuff and just move forward. Like 
just move forward. It's time to make moves. It's time to really put um, our money where our mouth is and and get to work. So that's really all I have for you all today. Um, I hope to be back with a very exciting guest soon and with more um, updates or details on upcoming events or fundraisers or fun stuff like that. So as always, tweet me, um, leave a comment on the brand new kissmyangelus.com and let me know if you love the site and uh, dive into that content. I, I took pride in putting that together in this new phase of, um, of feminist growth. So I will catch you guys next time. 